You're listening to the Restaurant Operator Podcast. Get the latest restaurant industry headlines delivered to your inbox every weekday with Restaurant Operator Daily. With this one newsletter, you'll get the top stories from leading news sites like fastcasual.com, pizzamarketplace.com, and qsrweb.com. Join more than 30,000 subscribers who rely on Restaurant Operator Daily to keep them informed on the most important industry news and trends. Subscribe today at restaurantoperatordaily.com. Welcome to the Restaurant Operator Podcast. I'm Mandy Detweiler, editor of Pizza Marketplace and QSR Web. Today, I'm here with Mike Adolph, partner and vice president of business development of Doyle HCM, a payroll and back office solutions company. Mike, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Mandy. Could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what drew you to specialize in payroll and back office solutions, especially within the fast-paced world of QSRs? Well, I started falling in love with the restaurant space in uh early in my high school days when I started working for a pizza franchisee in Columbus, Ohio, and then worked my way into working with uh, a large sub franchisee uh, that was one of the first in Ohio, helped him do that in college. And then during college was an intern at one of the largest payroll providers in the world. uh, And then transitioned into a full-time role where I had a territory. Uh, Again, kept finding myself being attracted to the restaurant space because there was a lot in my territory and I'm a big foodie. Worked my way up within that organization and ended up my last two years there creating a partnership with one of the largest franchisors in the world. It worked out because I got to see how the sausage was made from the back office perspective. So the POS system, the inventory management, the scheduling, the timekeeping. And this is when the Affordable Care Act was really getting pushed out and launched So a lot of employers were looking for a solution, which we had then after achieving kind of all I could achieve there, it felt like I decided to create Doyle HCM with Ryan Doyle and Heather Hamilton, my two co-founders. And uh, it was in 2018, we did it and started out working our way through what's the right fit. I always had the restaurant space in the back of my head and then COVID hit restaurants, QSR, FSR, all sorts of them needed extra handholding, whether it was through getting their PPP loan information through payroll or doing stuff like the employee retention tax credit, which we started to do pretty early in the process of that getting rolled out from the government standpoint. That was great for us because it gave us great exposure into the space. I uh, got us seeing other brands and then we were able to help, it was able to help us scale And that got us to where we are now after we went through a large acquisition to on the cusp of COVID with uh, a chicken brand in the Southeast where they were divesting a back office uh, asset that did a lot of work for a lot of their franchisees. And it was a perfect fit for us because we were in the niche. So that went down in December of 2022. And then we've continued to scale and that's where we are now. So, Well, that's fantastic. That sounds like a really great start in the industry. Given all the buzz around automation, I'm curious, how are you keeping the human element alive in the tech-heavy world of QSR operations? What does that balance look like at Doyle HCM? Well, it's all about the uh, process and people. We um, don't want to oversell or the solution. We always are looking to overhire so we continue to deliver our service level. 
we lead with one point of contact on the payroll affordable care act and hr side and then similarly on the accounting side um there's a team and usually a one point of contact depending on the size but we're big on the ratios of employers to service members we're also big on hiring the right people we are very generous with our benefits package we look for experts so we can deliver the answer to the question on the first or second call so gotcha what are the, the trends in 2024 for franchisors and capital markets that franchisees need to be aware of? We're seeing some slowdown in sales, depending on the brand, obviously. And that slowdown has caused a litany of issues. But from the capital market standpoint, there are a lot of firms looking to do acquisitions or infuse mezzanine debt or partner or buy some franchisors out. And what's happening is because the back office segment is so fragmented right now, financials are late to the franchisors and then consequentially late to someone looking to do some sort of capital scenario or if you're even working with your bank and looking to get more of a line of credit or commercial loan, the smaller to medium-sized franchisors are really struggling with getting their financials on time and making sure they're clean. Uh, And then obviously within the FDD standards, I also think that it comes from the accounting industry as a whole, just struggling to find talent. There's not enough bodies to address the problems out there right now. So it's causing uh, issues with even valuations. So with slow sales and unable to get valuations, it takes longer to get solutions. Uh, Franchisors also cannot buy struggling franchisees back or broker scenarios. So. How have late financial submissions directly impacted the valuation of franchises and what measures can be taken to mitigate this? The late financial submission is an issue, obviously, because when you're scrambling to get them, they're not as clean. They're not as accurate. It's harder to do a quality of earnings on it when it's fragmented pieces out there. You have multiple owners, multiple concepts, multiple locations, different partners within those scenarios. It can get really complicated. And that's where leveraging outsourcing to someone that's competent and familiar with the space from the bookkeeping side. And then obviously the HCM or the payroll side, that's become more and more prevalent as more laws have been coming into place the last decade. So having somebody that really focuses on the niche can be very valuable for you as a franchisor. And then obviously too, as you scale, um, we can discuss how else you should look at stuff too. So, Given the scarcity of accounting talent, what innovation, innovative solutions are franchisors exploring to manage their financials effectively? Well, there's a big boom right now. We've all heard the big buzzword of AI, but specifically technology. The restaurant space is usually a little bit slower to adopt and adapt technology and accept it within the organization. So there's been a bit of a lag in that. And then similarly, the employees that are working at the restaurant space have so much on their plate that they're dealing with to where throwing in different technologies and throwing just technology at the problem is coming out to be not the answer. Um, We're seeing that leveraging technology with humans and making sure it's set up right is the recipe for success for the restaurant space. And then ideally helps you scale 
and make sure you can plan better with your back office. And there's not as much of a variable with hiring, uh, hiring and firing and then the risk bubble of the lack of knowledge. So what strategies are leading these franchisees implementing the sidestep like common QSR pitfalls like delayed openings and administration slowdowns? Um, the delayed openings, there's not much to say with uh, the permitting issues, the contractor scenarios. There's a big lack of real estate out there right now or it just doesn't fit what people are looking for and people don't want to force stuff. Once you can figure all that out, the back office standpoint if you can have some peace of mind with that and know that, hey, before my restaurant opens, my chart of accounts is set up correctly. My financials are going to be clean. I'm not going to have to worry about my franchisor asking me every month why it's late. It's just going to be turnkey. So the franchisee or depending on the size, the director of ops, the director of development can just focus on what they're supposed to focus on, like getting it from the ground up or uh, making sure it's gutted and opening on time. And then ideally too, uh, from the payroll and HR side, making sure that there's continuity from the employee standpoint. So before you open, you're ready to bring on people or attract people, recruit them, onboard them quickly, successfully, or we've done it with a lot of acquisitions where we will provide humans and people to be on site and make sure again there's no uh issues with payroll because there's nothing worse than acquiring or opening a store and your first two three payrolls are bad and then you start losing employees that's where we're seeing vendors like us or other partners really step up and it's been valuable for them to get open quicker so in the face of let's say technology integration challenges how are franchisees finding the right balance between human ex experience and expertise and digital solutions? What's the fine line there? How do you how do you kind of mitigate that medium? So I like to call it um, change management. And again, it depends on every size. Usually the smaller you are, the more resistant you are to change because you're just drinking from a fire hose. So making sure you're having your back office scaled the right way the right mix of humans and peoples and, and vendor. And again, that's where the vendor, if they're a true partner, they will guide you and let you know from when you're one location to four location to 10 to 12, hey, this is when you should look at hiring a, a DO. This is when you should look at hiring a controller, a human resources manager. That's where um, a true partner can really help make the right concoction of humans and technology instead of just the employers winging it, guessing, because there's a lot of noise for the employer when it comes to that standpoint. What does the franchisee down the street do? What does other franchisees in the system do? And again, it's there's so many variables into it, even regionally, statewide, to where it really takes a true partner and vendor to guide you and consult you. And then you to obviously execute as the employer. What role does back office support play in a franchisee's ability to, let's say, scale and eventually sell like at a profit? Um, good question. So that the role of the back office is very important. Obviously, we talked about opening, potentially buying, purchasing. But on the back end, the sales side, 
And we've seen this many times to where if stuff's not clean, if there's extra liabilities out there, payroll taxes, your financials after quality earnings, there's or if you didn't do one, there's a lot of questions on stuff. When you have all of that clean, it just makes everything easier from the back office perspective. And that's easier said than done. But we actually run on EOS. And one of the things with EOS is deeper you get, you're required to have everything monthly, just ready to go, perfect package from a financial standpoint, similar to a franchisee. And that's where when you have the right back office partner, it just becomes like riding a bike. And not that every month you're saying, oh, let's look to sell. But when a buyer comes into play or the right succession planning scenario works out, it just is a lot cleaner and easier when payroll taxes are covered, compliance from an HR is covered, your ACA is covered. We're seeing that as a huge liability right now the past two, three years. And I think it's only going to ramp up more, but having the right Affordable Care Act knowledge and benefits plan to eliminate fines because on the back end after a transaction, it's terrible and that's an outstanding liability. And then on the financial side, again, just it starts with when you open, making sure everything's set up the right way. And then whether the franchisor is using a profit keepers or some sort of technology that's a revenue management system, finding the right method and model on how you're going to be consistent in providing that monthly will just, you'll be so much more successful when you sell in a higher multiple. Right. What steps should a franchisee take to ensure that their back office scales effectively with their growth? We just talked about kind of the technical side, but I mentioned it earlier, having the right concoction of humans, vendors, technology is easier said than done, but there's we like to help people and provide value. And there's a lot of resources out there to know what the right concoction is from the financial statement, the benefits spend, the payroll. So the human capital side is is very crucial. And that's where, again, the right vendor technology and expertise and people come to play. Right. Can you provide some insight into how um, a well-optimized back office has been instrumental in a franchisee's rapid expansion? As they're scaling, um, especially we have some groups that are opening four and six and 10 locations in a 12 to 18 month time frame. Wow. We've been talking about back office, the right concoction of humans, technology, expertise, and obviously expertise, including the vendor. Knowing when to hire a DO, knowing whether to have a GM spread between two locations, knowing when to hire a controller, knowing when to hire a CFO as well, uh, knowing when to even bring your payroll or your all your back office solutions accounting in-house. All of those are crucial parts of the transition going from the one to 10 to 25 to 30 locations. And knowing and having experts in your corner telling you how that looks can, again, help the sale on the back end, can make stuff smoother for you, can mitigate risk, can help you not overpay for somebody or cause turnover in the wrong scenario. So that's where it's so crucial just to have everything buttoned up. And we're seeing it even more. There's really not a one size fit all unless you start focusing on the niche. And that's where us and there's been a lot of other vendors lately that we've appreciated that have done that. So 
What about effective backroll office support? How does that liberate franchisees to focus on, let's say, their strategic growth rather than the day-to-day operations? Well, it helps, uh, again, depends on size. So the smaller the franchisee, the more that that owner is dealing with. So if the back office is taken care of and you've got one or two people working in the back office, you got four locations, you're looking to get to six to eight. When we, when the back office is just out of sight, out of mind, you got peace of mind every within it, everything's running smoothly, relatively. You're able to focus more on strategy. Like where's the real estate look like? What are the specs that I'm trying to find in the right uh, plaza or do I need to drive through uh, or even, Hey, I've got the right pay for a DO. I need to go start interviewing them and look for them and finding the right people to scale. It just, it just allows the owner or whoever's in the role of making the decision to focus more on the strategic side versus the tactical issues of the back office. What about the significance of compliance and financial health and the scalability of a franchise, particularly concerning um, ACA fines and debt covenants? So we're seeing um, a lot of ACA fines. They've ramped up more and more over the past three, four years. It can become a problem from the banking side because if somebody is scaling or looking to sell or potentially looking to sell, these fines that we're seeing are multi six figures, sometimes seven figures. And Yikes. when that is a liability to the organization, it can cause issues for the bank. If there's a loan outstanding that requires uh, payments on their debt covenants. And we've even been referred in or seen scenarios from where the bank brings it to us. And what we've done is we've cleaned it up uh, we've or mitigated the fine. Um, and then also, if you're a client of ours, we make sure that you're in compliance with the ACA, whether it's through the right healthcare scenario, but definitely making sure your forms are filed, your affordability is structured correctly for the employee from the healthcare scenario. And then honestly, just everything is talking to each other or to a, from a technology standpoint, the biggest issue for the ACA we're seeing is data integrity, which a lot of technologies won't tell you that if your data isn't right on the front end input, then the output's never going to be right. And when you're trying to go from one to 10 to 15 locations, you've gone through three or four or five back office people in the past five, six years. It's very easy to lose track of the compliance side for the Affordable Care Act. And that's where we've really stepped up. I guess my last question is, if you had a piece of advice to someone who is considering outsourcing their their payroll and back office, what would you tell them? The first step is making sure whoever's making the decision is going to be the end-all, be-all of any problems that lie with the decision at hand. Right. We see this a lot where a certain individual in the organization has been there or hasn't been there for long enough or isn't educated enough makes the decision. And then the owner or whoever's in the C-level from a finance perspective is less left to clean it up. So just making sure that all parties that will be touching compliance, risk, the back office, 
payroll, accounting are involved in making the decision. And that can slow it down sometimes, but ultimately we're big believers in having the right solution for the franchisee, or a lot of times we're working through the franchisor that's dictating that as well. Well, thanks so much for being with us, Mike. This has been some great insight. Thanks, Mandy. Appreciate the time. That'll do it for this episode of the Restaurant Operator Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Get the latest restaurant industry headlines delivered to your inbox every weekday with Restaurant Operator Daily. With this one newsletter, you'll get the top stories from leading news sites like fastcasual.com, pizzamarketplace.com, and qsrweb.com. Join more than 30,000 subscribers who rely on Restaurant Operator Daily to keep them informed on the most important industry news and trends. Subscribe today at restaurantoperatordaily.com.